Bob Cudmore with the story behind the story. The story, it ran in the Daily Gazette this past Saturday. Hockey team missed out on Madison Square Garden. And here's the the tale as we told it in print with maybe a little bit added from time to time. Amsterdam gasoline station proprietor Robert Whitey Murray once lost out on a chance to take his hockey team to Madison Square Garden with a flip of a coin. Born in Utica, New York, he was the son of Shirley and Anne Duke Murray. The family moved to Amsterdam, and he graduated from Wilbur Lynch High School. He earned an associate's degree from SUNY Cobleskill and served with the United States Coast Guard. After World War II, Whitey, as he was known, and by the way, he spelled it differently than um, I thought that he would have, but there's how he spelled Whitey, W-H-I-T-I-E. And he was very light-skinned, I must say, so that was the nature of his uh, nickname. Uh, Whitey owned Murray's Service Station on Guy Park Avenue in Amsterdam. When he started, he sold eight gallons of Texaco gas for one dollar. His slogan was, get rid of your worries, call Murray. I mean, back in the 40s, I have an idea, a number of returning veterans and so forth opened gasoline stations. And these became uh, community centers, uh, in a way. The neighborhood gas station with somebody like Whitey Murray or Joe or Bill or Pete down there fixing your car and selling you gasoline. Well, Murray had other interests, specifically in sports. In the 1940s, he sponsored a hockey team called Murray's Oilers. And when Mohawk Carpet Mills dropped sponsorship of its hockey team, you know, years are moving on after World War II, the carpet mills like are maybe considering the time that they're going to be out of Amsterdam. So they aren't doing as many of the civic things as they were doing. So they dropped the hockey team, but Murray stepped up to the plate or the puck, depending on how you want to look at it, and picked up that team called the Mohawk Chiefs. Murray played on the team and recalled two outstanding members, Richard Geib and goalie Warren Spook Buchanan. Home ice for the Chiefs was Hassenfuss Field on Upper Locust Avenue. Named for William E. Hassenfuss, Jr., from a family of nine children on Northampton Road. We've done other stories about uh, Mr. Hassenfuss. He was the first man from Amsterdam killed in World War II. He always wanted to fly. He enlisted uh, in the Army. He was a member of a B-24 bomber ground crew at Hickam Field in Hawaii and was killed by a Japanese fire during the attack on Pearl Harbor that brought America into World War II. So the uh, field was named for William Hassenfuss, but at some point, it gets a little confusing for the for Amsterdam folks. And well, it was maybe it was certainly was an issue probably when they first did it. The rear portion of Hassenfuss Field was sort of cordoned off or whatever, and turned into a baseball field. And that was named in honor of another uh, prominent Amsterdam citizen. It was named Isabel Field in 1956 to honor Alex Isabel who had been recreation superintendent in Amsterdam, uh, very important in the, in the world of sports.
But that's kind of a little aside. So Murray's hockey team, uh, called the Mohawk Chiefs, they're playing at Hassenfuss Field as their home ice. Murray said, I interviewed him once years ago, Murray said his hockey team practiced indoors at RPI, way down in Troy, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, and they could only get ice time after 11 p.m. And knowing some people over the years, certainly I've never been on hockey skates or any kind of skates myself, but uh, to get ice time, uh, hockey aficionados you know, were up in the middle of the night to, to do that, and that's what, what happened with the uh, Mohawk Chiefs. The Chiefs played in the Capital District Hockey League, which had teams from Albany, Hudson, and Schenectady, and obviously Amsterdam. In 1951, the Chiefs and the Albany Capitals were tied at the end of season play. The league winner was to go to Madison Square Garden down in New York City to play a hockey team named the New York Mets. There was not enough time to have a playoff in that the Garden needed to know the name of the visiting team right away. So there was a coin toss to decide the championship. Up it went. And Murray lost the coin toss. Uh, the coin toss. I don't think I said that properly. And he told me he was heartbroken. The late John Skorotic of Amsterdam was a fan of the hockey teams, and it wasn't just the Chiefs who played at Hassenfuss Field. But speaking of the Chiefs, John said the teams had uniforms, pads. It was very enjoyable to watch them play. It was a class act, and they played hard with plenty of body checking as in the pros. And Whitey Murray had another interest in sports. He was one of the founders of Amsterdam Little Giants football. He also got dressed as Santa Claus for 60 years at St. Mary's Hospital and the former Big N on Route 30 in Amsterdam, but a bit more on his involvement with the Little Giants. The Little Giants are generally credited with uh, making Amsterdam high school football teams uh, up to the present day, because the, the Little Giants, I believe, are still in operation, uh, that the Little Giants ha has improved the quality of Amsterdam high school football because it's a feeder program. You come up through the Little Giants, and then uh, eventually you go to Amsterdam High, and you might get on uh, the football team, which is now called the Rugged Rams. In Little Giants, op but you know the Little Giants go back a number of decades, and in Little Giants opening ceremonies in 1963, Whitey Murray was presented with a large plaque that said in part, "You indeed have exemplified the league's motto. Today, I made the best investment of my life. I invested in a boy." This was quite an all-star gathering uh, where Whitey, when Whitey Murray got his plaque. Fellow Little Giants volunteers, Ed Brosman, I didn't put it in the story, I believe he was an executive of uh, Mohawk Carpets, Frank Butch Miller. Uh, Butch Miller was it's one of those guys, I think every town probably had one. He was Mr. Sports. Butch Miller went to all the games, you know, usually was, wasn't so much an athlete himself, although I think he did play some, but he'd be your scorekeeper, he'd be your team manager, that kind of thing. So Ed Brosman, Butch Miller, and a man named Cliff Smalley, and I must confess I don't really have a little tidbit about Mr. Smalley, presented the plaque to Whitey Murray. Also on hand was the New York Lieutenant Governor Malcolm Wilson, 
and a name that was familiar to me, and this was uh, back in 1963 when I was working at WCSS Radio in Amsterdam before uh, leaving for a college in Boston. The master of ceremonies for this event, where Whitey Murray got his plaque, was the WCSS radio sportscaster Bill Hesse. If memory serves, Bill also was the announcer at the Fonda Speedway track. And I remember one time he convinced me to go. I I mean, I used to do a lot on WVTL with uh, NASCAR racing because we carried a show done by uh, Ed Lamberton, who's very knowledgeable. And so I kind of picked up some of the lingo of uh, auto racing. But I really, you know, 1963, I didn't know from auto racing and never was, well, anyhow. And I remember I went there and I t- what I told Bill later was, well, we got there and I sat down and then the automobile started. And the first thing was you couldn't hear. You couldn't hear anybody else. And then once they started, all the dust came off the track and you couldn't see. So that was my introduction to um, sports car racing or uh, auto racing. Uh, but Bill Hesse was a great sportcaster. Um, you know, radio stations like WCSS, you know, community stations, put a big emphasis on sports. And, you know, to a great extent, the um, Radio media still does. But I remember Bill did a 15-minute sports show every night, um, talk, you know, talking mainly about local sports. And he was also a DJ. I mean, uh, he, he doing sports didn't keep him from working those long hours, uh, probably for not that much pay. Uh, but, yeah, Bill did an afternoon record show, and then he did that sports cast at 6.15, then he did play-by-play and so on and so forth. But this was supposed to be a story about Robert Whitey Murray, so let's go back to uh, Whitey Murray. His home on Clisby Avenue was well-known for his tomato garden and sunflowers. His wife, Helen Honert Murray, passed away in 1999. They had eight children, four daughters, four sons. Whitey Murray died at his home Thursday morning, March 20th, 2014, on his 92nd birthday. And that's the story behind the story. I'm Bob Cudmore.